Conversation, live from Nicaragua. Dive deep into the world of coffee with co-founders of Twin Engine Coffee, Andrea Wolverton and Colin Ganley. Welcome to Brewing Conversation, Season 2, Episode 7. My name is Andrea Wolverton. And I'm Colin Ganley. Today we're joined by Miranda Essing from Pani Paz here in León, and we thought it'd be great to have her sit in on this conversation and join us and, and, and fill in some of the gaps in our knowledge, because today we're talking about mugs and cups and other ceramic and other material devices through which you consume delicious coffee. Do not turn off the podcast. This is not mundane. <laughs> this is really a big deal here in Leon, and we all three have different perspectives, what we bring to the conversation. It's big everywhere. Just yesterday, somebody was saying, do you guys have mugs? Do you, I want mugs. I, I really would love a twin engine mug. Yeah, well, do you have any? And I'm just thinking back to our history of broken mugs and, and uh, you trying to train people how to make different styles of ceramics. And I'm thinking, no, I don't want to make mugs. I mean, making mugs is great and seeing mugs is great. Shipping them? And glazing them, this is a nightmare sometimes. Well, so you're talking about why are we making it? So, of course, people, they tend to want a mug, and, and I really love to have printed mugs, too. So on my side, which we'll save the ceramic saga for another episode. No, we'll do it here. But, oh, no, it's longer than 15 minutes. <laughs> um, it's a saga, and it's one I feel passionate about, passionately about. But... So I was, so there's all of these artisans in an area called San Juan de Oriente, which every person that comes here, you say, oh, I want to find people like, oh, don't you live where there's all these amazing heritage traditions and making ceramics. And I started um, six years ago trying to, oh, of course, surely we can make mugs here. How cool would that be? And that, wow, well, basically turned into, um, just a labor of definitely love and frustration, a lot, of a lot of patience. And I still don't really have any mugs because I was just convinced because what we find here in Nicaragua is that everything is imported and it is of a lower quality and the culture of just the resources like ovens, like electric ceramic ovens um, just don't exist. So people are wood firing it, they're, they're ceramics here, which which have a whole new... Um, but that sounds so romantic. And there's clay. So what else do you need? You've got hands, water, clay, and wood to burn. Well, what else could you, possibly you need, need equipment um, that mixes the clay and gets all the air gaps out of it. You need but consistent that's what they do with their feet, no? Right. Well, it still does not result in the... You know, that's the thing. It's the, the, the expectations of... The buyer, um, you know, it's this lovely romantic idea. They want something artisan, but then they also want something that uh, stands up to the test of time. And so the basically at the end of the day, the ceramics that come here, if you were just because they're basically they're operating on a technology that I wouldn't even say rudimentary because societies that are over 500 years old have cups that hold water. So. Whatever is happening, which I, I could tell you all about it, but the cups do not hold the liquid. So if you sit the cup on the desk for 20 minutes with a cup of hot coffee, it, the liquid will come. Liquid will come out. And so I showed that to one of the artisans because I, I got I, I got hope again about a year ago, and I was like, oh gosh, you know, I'd gotten screwed over by one artisan, and then I was going to try again, and they were like, oh yeah. 
of course it does. Of course it, you know, the water comes out. I'm like, okay. So can you imagine, like, we've sent a mug to somebody who's in an office environment, and they've got this beautiful handmade mug on some important paper, and then they lift it up 20 minutes later, and, and there's all the copies on the paper. On so, so anyhow, we're, we're still in this dream, dream of having beautiful handmade mugs. So when, we, so when we started out, when we, when we started Twin Engine, we were like, we should have a mug. This, this would be something that a coffee drinker would expect. We're going to sell some coffee. Let's make some mugs. So we've made this this uh, initial mug, which I'm actually using right now. Got the Twin Engine logo on one side. On the other side, it says established 2013 Leon, Nicaragua. It's white, ceramic. It, we bought it from a company in the United States. They printed this stuff on it, and it's still working today. And it's kind of, it's a great design. It looks It looks cool. It's kind of timeless, but it's kind of plain. Like, it's clearly not a handcrafted Nicaraguan product, but people like it. And so we started off that way. It was it was pretty easy. They sent us however many we ordered. I think it was five hundred or two forty four, something like that. And then only maybe five seven percent of them were broken when they arrived because this is one of the huge problems with ceramics is that it breaks. No matter how thick they are, they just break. Shipping is not kind to products like this. So we started off with this, and people really liked it actually. And so then a couple of years later, we went down this road again. And that's when I think you really tried to dive into finding ceramics makers here. And then we ended up buying more mugs in the United States. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I'm st- it's just such a, I think Miranda will also have her own stories about these, but it's just been such a commitment. Like I'm determined, like <laughs> Nicaragua has so many beautiful things to show. And we are in this position to where we can do authentic things that other companies can't do and, um, and then there's all these beautiful people that, that they're making their mugs and they believe that they are great mugs. And, and when I go to the ceramics well, store, are beautiful. they, they design, are beautiful. The designs are they really just attractive. don't hold coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Very practical. <laughs> so I don't even want to imagine using them in pas because, uh, like you said, they're not very resistant. Uh, ceramic is not resistant for, for transport, but not very re- resistant to doing dishes either. No, <laughs> especially if people have to do a lot of dishes all the time. So, and I, so I guess if they the coffee goes through, I guess they would break easy in the <laughs> when they do the dishes. So, have you ever talked with the idea, Miranda, of, of using some some of the artisanal uh, crafted mugs or cups, coffee cups here at the at the bakery? Not really. Not really. More, more for practical reasons. Yeah, yeah, for breakage, right? Yeah. 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 It's a tough not and but and the thing is people ask us for it all the time and, and yeah, it's frustrating because there is like these vases that people sell here with the designs of monkeys and guardabarancos and leaves yeah. and stuff. They're pretty. They they look really cool and the yeah. colors are neat. But are they food safe? Do they hold hot water? The answer is usually either I don't know or no. Well, I mean I've gone down the rabbit hole. You know, I went to Miami, I talked to the <laughs> Cuban owner of the ceramics store who had several generations. And and what I found out is, so there were programs here in the 80s that brought in like one oven to a cooperative and one training, and then that's it. So I went down to talk to Maestro, the teacher, who's teaching all of San Juan de Oriente. Like, that's the only person that still exists. And that was more my new hope. That was my newfound source of hope. And um, so he brings me a certificate 
And it's 1984, uh, signed by a teacher from Mexico that came. And, and so the reality is, is actually with an oven and so the new technology and glazes, it can be so easy. So I bought glazes. and Do they um, still have the oven? So it does, but it's not sealed. They're missing things like cones. So knowing your temperature. So the glazes, the current technology in glazes, super easy to use if you know what temperatures um, that you're reaching, which very, I forget the name of the um, thermometer, um, but very few people know because most people are wood firing there and they, they lose a lot in the wood kiln. And they only use the gas one. I mean, I just don't really know when it's used, but it's not sealed. And The problem with the gas ones, isn't it, that they, they use the 25-pound tanks of, uh, is it, propane. Mm-hmm. And then, the, but the problem is that's got, you know, it's a big investment in, in the world of, of creating a ceramic product to, to, to buy the gas <laughs> in one of these tanks. And so, well, definitely for these artisans because they're used to wood. Well, right, and and just like people with their barbecues in in other places, you you know you get you have one tank, and when it gets low, you take it somewhere and trade it out for a new one. That's the same thing here. So you don't have necessarily a backup tank sitting there because then you'd have to put a deposit down on a separate tank. And so essentially, you have one tank's worth of gas. And so if glaze isn't done. And the ceramic isn't done at the end of that tank. All of a sudden, there's going to be a big gap. In, right. I mean, this twenty dollars is not—it's chump change. In when we're talking about this, but to that person, it's but a huge deal. Isn't, isn't it another reason also that are they even willing to change to newer technologies, or do they feel like proud of their artisan way of doing things, and they want to stick to that? No, I mean the no, actually they've been really open to wanting new technology um it's more they've just never seen it and what is available here there's a lot of um, paints that are not food safe and there's just this lack of knowledge and then enforcement and so you can put whatever you want out on the market doesn't have to be food safe um etc and so I learned one of the glazes it was actually like an automobile glaze. And it's just, it's whatever landed here in the mid eighties. And there's been almost no advancement since then. And, and so of course the development person in me right before the crisis, <laughs> I had reached out to a few banks because for me, it's, I mean, $10,000, like a small project is really, I mean, obviously there's other things standing in between, but just a nice kiln could could really result in some beautiful artistry because they're the the abilities with their hands to create the shapes is incredible. I mean, so that's when we did the pour overs. So one of one of the medium success stories was creating this pour over shape that could be yeah. made by hand, and and it does work. After about seven iterations, we finally figured something that's working. Um, now getting volumes a whole different story, but. But so it's not, it's just a matter of getting some technology, but there's just no funding to, to bring in the, you know, you need to bring, like I would have, my plan was to like get somebody to fund a kiln, bring somebody on two plane tickets that knew how. So the woman in um, the ceramic store in Miami has basically opened up the whole, even the Mexican market, like South America, Central America, just showing these glazes because there's this idea 
that oh, these indigenous, I mean, they have these long histories. They do have the long history of farming, but they've been using paints that were actually quite toxic and not having any access to new technology. So she ships, so she's sitting in Miami mm-hmm. and she's almost exclusively shipping to, to Central America and some in South America. So, so there's been a real openness. It's just not having the time. Is all hope lost? No. Well, I mean, um, we don't touch on this a lot, but I think we're going to in another episode. I mean, this this uprising that we had, just I was planning to go and spending. I was really just, I was ready. Like, I was ready with WhatsApp. The lady in Miami was ready to help me, and I was going to go. I mean, I know nothing about ceramics. I've had to become, you know, just, I've been... Michael Prendergast has helped a lot. Some other potters out there that, because this would be pottery, so ceramics, not ceramic. And I was like ready to go spend four days because the whole issue was because I have all these glazes and I'm convinced that they're easy. And I was going to, but you have to dry. Everything has to be sun dried here. The cloche, I think, is that's still the case in most places. And um, spend three days there. And that was probably around the beginning of April <laughs> that I was going to do that. And so then um, the world turned upside down. So do down. you think that you'll get back down there and bring your fancy glazes and try to see if you can make some mugs? Well, if I don't hear any smack from you, you know, you've uh, <laughs> you've, you've often been um, a little frustrated. Can you, can you talk about your side of well, answer? Well, for me... It's great to, that we try to do these projects that showcase the great things that are possible here in Nicaragua, but we're not a charity. And so my frustration is that... I mean, if somebody wanted to donate money to the project, we'd be <laughs> happy to do the charity. Well, my, my problem is that you can't lose money on everything otherwise. You can't. And so we have to try to see if these things make made sense for us. And the problem with the ceramics was that when we did the pour overs, which were a cool thing, it took, you know, like you said, something like seven, five trips to go down there. So just in valuing our time at zero and just counting the amount of gas the, that we spent to go do that and any nights in hotels or anything like that, if you start to add it up, plus all the units that were broken that we had to pay for, all the ones that were ugly or misshapen and didn't function that we had to pay for, and you add those to the ones that we were able to actually get and then sell to people, which people really liked, we sold them all at a huge loss. We, we had like $25 into each pour over and we sold them for what, like $16 or something like that? 10 wholesale, which I mean, and then there's the like me feeling, I mean, you know, I look online in the U.S. and like what people are selling mugs and I mean, they're, they can... They can get 20, 25. I asked somebody the other day, I was like, that's a pretty mug. I'd like to have one. They're like, oh, great. I'll ship it to you. It's $25. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so apparently I need to readjust. What? Yeah, meanwhile, <laughs> I'm still waiting. I have your nice pour over, some nice wooden stands, and I have to use a white, white mug. <laughs> I, so that's the, this is exactly the point, right? Like, wouldn't it be cool if you, yeah, what do you think course. it would be, how it would be if we had some usable mugs? Of course, it would be great. No, it would, would look so nice and would be yeah of course you have some local artisan work you can present at, at the bakery instead of imported mugs no it's a i think the frustrating thing is it's so close like it could happen yeah it, it takes so <laughs> little to actually make it happen and and yet that so little is mm. it's like it, it's a mile 
Well, because <laughs> where where are we now? So actually, it was at Pani Paz. So Maestro came with his wife, and they're this, you know, adorable couple that are like, they're probably pushing. Yeah, he's in his 60s or something. And they came all the way from San Juan de Oriente and they had some samples. And I mean, and this is really the the core of why this is challenging. Um, Because in general, there's not this culture of doing samples, like trying to figure out something and then like trying a few different options, right? And so he came and I was thinking, oh, this is going to be the day. And he's like, okay, yeah, we're going to go back. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be in Managua and you can bring me the samples next week. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have some glaze. And if we just get the form right, I'm I'm going to come. I'm I'm coming down there and I'm going to work on it. I haven't heard from him since. Oh, nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. And of course I can like, it's just this wind out of my sails because I, I had the hope. And, you know, and also right now, what's shocking about the nothing, I don't really know why the, the, the no response, but right now there's so little work for people in, in that area because a lot of what they were um, selling was in the Messiah market and the cruise ships. Um, well, yeah. But they were really open to everything that you were saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, he's the to teacher. To the new materials, to everything. To Oh, yeah. Help. And when I go there, it's beautiful. Like, you know, we sit there and we, well, I don't know. I just play with clay because I don't know what I'm doing. But he shows me all the beautiful things he's done. So that's what's weird to me. So he's investing. There, as a family, they're investing time to do the samples. But then and nothing's coming out. Nothing's coming out to just do the follow-up because it takes a few iterations to figure it out. And part of it's the investment in firing the kiln. I mean, they, they've... Told, Which I've totally offered to told pay for. That. Yeah. I think it's the, the budgeting. It's like not... There's a discomfort with... I've said, okay, like, how much do you need for the two tanks of gas? Mm-hmm. And then if I give... If the money goes, then it gets spent on something else. And it just... Not, not out of a malicious intent, just of a lack of money management. Yeah, and cash flow. Cash flow. Mm-hmm. So you should just... Buy them the tanks. The tank. Right, yeah. right. I know. This is yes, 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 yes. So, um, so anyhow, yeah, I still it's that extra time. I mean, with our background, we could write a, a grant, and, I, and it would be beautiful. It would just for me be so beautiful to be able to get a functioning kiln because there's at least four families that have learned that are there learned under him who have beautiful hands like their whole families have shapes really beautiful pieces and they don't have any way to fire them to something that because you just have to reach a certain I've, I've learned yeah i had to learn a lot and so the current method is actually i guess our friend in seattle right? yeah. washington went down the rabbit hole with me a little bit and was true because it was intriguing to him because he, he said, you know, I he studied, he's a fine arts, uh, he's a degree in fine arts and he'd studied history of ceramics. And, and he said, you know, this is like a method people were using like a thousand years ago. And that it's just really interesting to him that it hasn't evolved. And thank so, you, Michael, for your patience and your yeah. assistance. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so anyhow, I mean, what really seems to stand, because the glaze technology, I mean, all the technologies are, are there. It's just it's just bringing it here. Um, and teaching, so teaching it for them to use it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I probably have to go down there and like be with one with the kiln to get people to use it. Somebody but else. I've seen a few projects on, on bread. It, it's just more or less the same where an ONG or something goes into this community. They buy the oven, they buy a lot of stuff. And, and we, we've been there to help them also train them a little bit about bread. And even some kids have come to Leon and, and, and in the end, it just, yeah, just, ends and that's it and i don't know why were they already bread makers no i think that's one of the biggest things is that when you try to convert someone (laughs) into something that they they weren't and the story comes up a lot from a different perspective from this sort of fair trade federation members and um and so I've, i've tried to tell this story a little bit and so so the at the bottom line there's a company that is wants to you know, us that wants to make an order, let's say for, you know, 500 pieces. So there is demand and even willing to go to these kind of extremes to try to make it happen. And there's still this gap, which is beyond the company. Like, I mean, if if we had extra money to do that, sure. Like if people want to buy coffee and contribute $5 to, to that, that's uh, we could probably make something happen, but that that is where the gap is that would be the the NGO gap or I mean money kind of solves it because it could take us out of it, but really it's it's time is right. is, is almost right. the bigger factor because the reality is I mean you're running Pawnee Paws, mm-hmm. you know yeah. we're running twin engine we're we're you know trying to make sure that the coffee comes out the same all the time that we're getting the best stuff from the farms, trying to manage all the relationships with everybody transporters to people stamping ink and, and everything and this is just clearly it's on the side it's a it's a it's a thing that we would love to have but it's not our primary focus oh well so. i had definitely decided it was going to be vacation because it's right there at laguna de Poyo, one of my favorite <laughs> places and so it's like okay i need to like give myself a break anyhow so every four days of ceramics i go down and i mean it's just such a contrast to what's interesting in speaking to um ceramics for Potter's um, professional and more developed world is it's just been so long since people didn't just pick up a phone or go to their local ceramic store. Mm. <laughs> I mean, because if there was one here, you could buy the cones and some of these little things to work. But I'm every time I'm bringing something, it's like in my suitcase and there is no resource. And so that's, it's just, yeah. It makes everything um, that much more interesting, I guess. But so, yeah, I still have my little plastic tote of glazes. I have all these different colors and our designer keeps making me want to wring his neck. But yeah, we need white mugs. I'm like, (laughs) yes, I know we need white mugs and that would be beautiful. But um, that is not like snapping your fingers. Yeah. We also need unicorns and... Magical and, fairies. I mean, well, you know, we may just break down and order some, but um, it'll hurt my heart a little bit um, if I do. But that will not mean that I will give up. I will. And on that note, thank you for listening to this discussion about, about uh, pottery. And uh, join us for the next one. Thanks for joining us, Miranda. <laughs> thank you very much. This has been Brewing Conversation with Andrea Wolverton and Colin Ganley. Thank you for listening. For more connection to coffee and Twin Engine Coffee, go to TwinEngineCoffee.com or email us. We'd love to hear from you.